Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. evaluation and reviews and 
I remember years ago a study, and I think it was the corporate executive board, and, and we're talking probably 10 to 15 years ago, where they did a study of performance reviews, or at least this annual review that, that people were doing or companies were doing with their employees. And what was happening is they were actually um, they, they were producing these, these reviews were producing lower productivity. So you would have this review and the employee would be so pissed off or, or disengaged or, you know, whatever it is, and it would actually lower productivity. And, and it's funny, I talk about imagine going into your CEO's office today and say, I have this really awesome HR program I want to roll out. It's going to cost you a ton of money in your employee's time and your manager's time. No one's going to want to do it, and it's actually going to lower productivity. I mean, how many CEOs would sign up for that for that program? But yet we've been doing it for decades. We've been doing this thing. So why is it like I know why I want to call bullshit on performance evaluations and reviews, but talk to me about your point of view here, Janine. Yeah, I don't think it's done a lot of good, to be honest. And, I mean, that's coming from somebody who worked in HR, even for me and for most of my colleagues. Um, that I've worked with through the years, none of us enjoyed this process. So the idea that anybody else in the organization would enjoy it when we are basically the, uh, the gatekeepers of this whole process is kind of ridiculous. It's this notion that you can somehow take a snapshot at the end of the year of an individual's performance for an entire year and summarize it um, to some degree and then decide, you know, how you're going to pay them for the next year and, you know, just high, how high they're going to rank and file up against their peers. It just was never set up for success. And to the example that you gave, I think that is why you've seen things like it do the complete opposite of its intention, which is to give people, I guess, some love recognition to make them understand what their individual contributions are to the company as well as the teams and for them to have a baseline to understand what they're doing. Um, but I feel like it's only ever frustrated not only the people who have to actually administer it, but the people who are actually doing the work. I don't think people walk out of that process feeling energized, like, wow, that was a really great review and I really learned some things about myself and I really know what I can improve upon, and I also know how I contribute to the company's bottom line. I just haven't had too many of those conversations. And I, and I, I love your point here because, to be honest with you, I mean, of course I would think about this from an HR perspective. Of course I would. I'm, I'm in HR. But I, I never, you know, I never really thought to make that a point that the people actually doing these things weren't really engaged in it, didn't find value in it. But so I, I ask this question all the time, especially as in, on the show here, we're trying to say, all right, we're going to call bullshit on some of the commonly held practices in HR and recruiting. And we're, of course, going to provide a, a, a viewpoint on what we should be doing moving into the future. But again, HR people are smart people. Why, in your opinion, why have we even did, like, if HR never felt like this was an ideal scenario, we know the employees didn't. We can dive. We, we can unpack that in a minute. But mm-hmm. why do you think we kept doing this? Like, why every year we're doing these things that we don't think provide any value and we don't like even doing ourselves? But yet here we are. I think there are probably I would say 50% of the companies out there are still doing these things. Why mm-hmm. do you think that's the case? 
we, we're just not, I mean, truthfully, as an industry, we're just not good at thinking outside the box, to be quite frank. Um, you know, we, we tend to just show up and do what we think, you know, the, the powers that be want us to do. Uh, very few leaders, I find, in HR are so innovative or so creative in their approach that they're willing to take a traditional that may be rooted in something personnel surf in 1980 to task and say, hey, there's a better way of doing it. I think it was just a means to an end for a lot of people to be able to provide some sort of feedback to employees. And so, you know, they continue on and keep on keeping on, but um, there just isn't a whole lot of creative thought, I think, um, within HR departments on the ground about how we better recognize the people that come to work for us every day and how we continue to motivate them. Uh, and, and then to, to a large extent, there's still a lot of elusiveness as to what the Shangri-La is in terms of um, really engaging people. And so it's one of those things like we'll just keep talking about it year to year, um, but really, you know, we don't have any solutions. We really don't understand these people that come to work for us. So we'll just, just throw a bunch of things at the wall. We'll do these performance evaluations. We'll do town halls around some themes if we're smart enough to collect some data, and, um, and, and, and we'll work it from there. So I, and, and I love, you know, the idea of solutions and, and, and that there hasn't been or, you know, we can identify the problem and, and figure out solutions. So we'll, we'll get to that in the second half of the show. I'd love your thoughts on what you think needs to be happening to replace these things. But at least for now, what, why do you think, you know, so all the studies that, that are out there show that people do want feedback, right? Employees do want feedback. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, if you subscribe to Radical Candor, um, uh, Kim Scott's book, um, they want it more yeah. frequently. Um, why, why do you think employees, what, what was wrong with the process as it exists today? I know you taught, you, you kind of dove into mm-hmm. it a little bit about employees not liking it. Why do you think it's not good for an employee experience for to people to be doing these, these yearly performance evaluations and reviews? What, what do you think is wrong with them? It's very, unless you have, so I guess for smaller companies, it may be easier to manage, right? So if you're a manager that has a team of maybe five people, they might be doing this well or decently um, in terms of being able to provide feedback to all the people. But when your teams get, um, you know, beyond 10, 15, 20, I think a manager's struggle to figure out how to really um, reach all of those people in an individual way and also a collective way. Um, the reality is people thrive on real-time feedback, um, and, and increasingly so. We're moving into a time where we are becoming an on-demand generation, right? If we want a certain kind of food, we can hit up DoorDash. If I want my groceries delivered to me today, two hours from now, I can go on Instagram and have that happen. Um, I think sometimes we don't take things higher level and HR to understand how the shifts in the market and shifts in economy impact what we do. So that mentality, that on-demand mentality also comes into the workforce. And so if I'm spending, you know, a decent amount of time, my time, away from family, away from things I love, 
understanding that work is a means to an end for many people. And I am behind and I can't get from you at least within, you know, a monthly window. Let's not say maybe not every week, but at least within a month window on how it is I'm doing or a pulse on the fact that you actually see what I'm doing um, and, and that you actually have enough gumption to let me know if I'm not on the right track so that we can fix it before we get to the whole end of the year whereby you're going to turn around and tell me that I'm absolutely a horrible employee and that I screwed the project up left and right and that I should have known mm -hmm. better and that you're going to give me this one ranking and I'm also going to get 0% in merit increase. Right? So it's a much different thing when you, when that conversation took place earlier in the year and it was like, hey, Janine, um, here's where we really need to be. Can we get and we have that discussion, and I actually execute exactly what you want, and we reach the end of the year, and I get my merit increase, and I get a higher rating, and it's a win-win for everybody. So, I, I, and I love your point there, because there is, you know, there's this behind-the-curtain thing that consistently comes into theme around HR, right? Not knowing what's mm -hmm. in, in this process, right? So being more transparent. But I also agree with you. I mean, I think what I've seen in my career is that when you run these evaluations on a yearly basis, you really the data that managers look at is no greater than 30 days from the evaluation date. Like it doesn't, there's mm -hmm. no way, and only the good managers would have a record of your performance over a 12-month period. But I think even, like, if you killed it in the first half of the year and you kind of fell off in the second half of the year, they're going to remember the second half of the year and not the first half and not Recency. really average it out at all. Right. Right? And so it's just completely mm -hmm. flawed in that manner. And then the ranking system is so arbitrary. Like, you know, everyone likes this ranking system because <laughs> it's numbers and you can do averages and means and all that stuff. But it's still like a one versus a two versus a three. You know, it's just so arbitrary. Um, in, in the entire thing. So I love that from a, an employee point of view, because I agree. I, I love your reference on, especially as I'm thinking about, and, and I'm actually in the middle of writing a book around how to, how to prepare for Gen Z, because I think we were a little surprised with millennials. So I want to kind of get mm -hmm. ahead of the curve on the Gen Z. These are the kids. I have kids at home that are part of this generation that were born on the iPhone that you're right. They order something mm -hmm. and Amazon delivers it, DoorDash, whatever it is. Like the ability yeah. to wait a year for feedback on your career is just unaccept it's, it's unacceptable at that point. So what what are the, right. some of the things like do you, and, and of course you don't have to name names, but the clients that mm -hmm. you're working with, are you seeing a lot of clients um, that are in this, you know, yearly um, review process and are you moving them to more like what I guess the question is what are you moving to them to if, if you're saying don't don't do this do that yeah so I I find most people or most companies are still steeped in the traditional process um, the whole crux of my company is really to get way beyond that because I just I've never loved the process but really what we're moving towards I mean it isn't rocket science, it's really centered around this idea that we're going to have more frequent and real-time conversations. And it's like when you're doing that and when you can employ that on whatever cadence, I encourage them to do this however it makes sense for the business. Because if you're really busy as a manager, you're always in meetings, that nature, it gets pretty difficult when you start having 
you know, several different teams and indirect reports and all these different things to manage this on a week-to-week basis, but figure it out. And what ends up happening is by having these conversations more regularly, setting up like biweekly meetings um, and then maybe monthly team meetings, just kind of discuss the milestones and the things that um, the initiatives that are on the table. By the time you get to the end of the year, everyone knows where they stand, everyone, right? Um, There's no surprises. There's no walking into that evaluation meeting and having to, you know, hear something that you haven't heard heard before. In fact, in a lot of cases, there's not really a meeting. It's more or less like, hey, um, we've been having these discussions. Here's what your rating was. Um, Have a look. I've said, let me know if you feel like anything is off and we can have a discussion about that. If all else is fine, then this is how we're proceeding and everybody's happy. So we cut out all of this, you know, several weeks of sitting behind closed doors and going through this in-depth evaluation process that no one loves, um, chalk it up to something that is much more real-time and much more tangible in the moment. The whole point is to make sure that people's performance are up to snuff so that there's productivity, and with productivity, we make money. That's all that really matters. And so we have to be able, the business is having to make decisions, decisive decisions about, you know, anything and everything in business. And so we need to be able to have those conversations with our people as they're making dates or as they're going in a certain direction and we need them to go in another so that they can do the right thing and actually allow them to do the right thing rather than use it as a punitive process to basically say, hey, you suck as a person. Because that's basically what has been happening for like the past 20, 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, that's that talking about radical candor, right? Uh, you suck as a person. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but you know, I said, but, like you know, know whether whether or not earlier. the manager says it or not, that's that is how it it's heard by and ingested yep. by an employee. It's like you suck as a person because you haven't been able to show up in this company and do what we weren't able to properly communicate to you. So one of the things, so we have people on the line likely that are sitting here going, great, this is all high level. I I agree. I don't like it. Um, Can you talk about some of the practical ways to move from, uh, you know, this this old world into this newer world? Like what are, you know, if you were to, you know, publish the, you know, five to seven steps to go from yearly to more frequent conversations, what, what would you advise folks to do? What's step one? Meet with your people individually, set some realistic goals based on the quarters or whatever the business, you know, calendar looks like, um, including, you know, milestones. Don't pile too many of those milestones upon them, but really have an open discussion about, hey, the things as a department we're responsible for. These are the things I'd like for you to handle. How comfortable do you feel handling those things? Um, what kind of support do you think you will need to be able to execute these things and, you know, kind of have this back and forth, not this hierarchical thing of you do this or else, but more or less like these are, this is what we're charging you with. This is going to be your responsibility and we're going to need it done by these dates. And if they, 
be met by these dates. Here's how we want to be able to communicate with you and collaborate with you in order to make sure that we're not too off the mark with these things. And then kind of set up a schedule that works for both people uh, to kind of get ahead of those milestones and have some regular communication. It can be over email. It doesn't always have to be in person. Whatever that is, make sure that you're having open lines of communication and your people feel like they can come to you. But I've found that being very clear about what the goals are and what those objectives are and having some check-in points along the way as well as letting them know, like, hey, um, there's room for you to even tweak this schedule or for you to tell us the ways in which this can go wrong so that we can have a bigger conversation about how this gets accomplished. I feel like then we're coming to the table and we're being much more collaborative. Um, and you're giving, you're also giving some power back to the employee to really own the things that you're wanting them to own. It's one thing to give somebody a job description and say, this is what you're tasked with. This is what your job and your role is. And it's a whole nother thing when you date them to a place where they're actively responsible for a few things within the organization and they understand what the implications of their work are, either the bottom line or for the initiative, whatever that is, um, and that the lines of communication are open, those sorts of things tend to empower people um, rather than say, you know, you need to improve in this way, that way, that way, and then if it doesn't happen to that person's liking, again, you suck as a person. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. So what? So you're you're suggesting? I mean, if I were to synthesize it, more frequent conversations, just start doing it. But if I'm the head of HR, HR mm -hmm. am I getting rid of this annual performance and ranking process uh, at the same time? Like, what is the? Is it kind of just start with conversations first and then evolve into something that maybe uh, deletes that part of the process? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I mean, I think there needs to be. You know, for the per again, from like the per I, I do a lot of workforce planning from the standpoint of that and businesses being in a position to know one who they have um, and how they kind of utilize them going forward or look at things like succession plan. I think that there's something there's something to having something formal within your system, your HIS or whatever that is, your employees' performance so that there's some official record. But it doesn't have to entail the process we've known. I think you can start having these conversations. Um, many of the systems now have it where you can very easily set up a few milestones against a person's profile within the system and, you know, have dates attached to that. And you can actually, the manager can go in and actually note, you know, how the person executed and tick it off. And there's that two-way conversation. So, I think it's reimagining it. I don't know that we need to continue doing what we were doing, and I don't necessarily know that it needs to be obliterated to where we're not missing hmm. something against the employee. Um, because again, you're going to find yourself at a deficit when the company is expanding, and you need to know your people and what they're doing. What is that record? What do you go back that's to a, if you don't know what they've done? That's a, that's a, a really good point, and, and not to put you on the spot on this, and we're, we're not in um, the business of, of promoting any HR tech companies, at least not yet, <laughs> uh, all, all, although we would do that via advertising. 
Um, what are there any systems that come to mind when that do this well? Because that's the other part of this is that many of the HR tech systems that are out there don't do any of this really well. Um, have you used any systems or any recommendations for folks um, of systems? Um, so I do. There's a system. It's not U.S. based. Um, it's Materia HR. Um, they're one of the ones that I I've liked quite a bit um, in terms of just the seamlessness and the focus on career profiles and things of that nature. Um, there's and another the one called Lanteria. It's Lanteria, L-N-T-E-R-I-A HR. Um, Trackstar HR is another one I've seen recently that I liked very much module and how it tied back into succession. Um, so those are two that I, I would throw out there um, as not being, you know, the heavy hitters market that you probably would never hear about, but I've had an opportunity to interact with the systems and, um, and spoken with the founders of each. And um, I like work. Great. And nothing on them, but I think, you know, maybe a future show is calling bullshit on HR system company names or HR tech company names. They, they literally are the worst. Oh, it needs to be done. Yeah. It needs to. No, it really does. I mean, this is the other side of the house that I, I deal with. And um, I get so very frustrated when, you know, we go to a lot of events, you and I both, and, and it's like the same players are always put out in the front. Under, you know, after a while, you know why it's because of their market presence, but it does a disservice to those that are in a position to buy and purchase because they're going to pay towards those vendors. And then yeah. they find out way down the pipe after throwing away a lot of money that it's not able to do the things that they want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, common. And it's a great idea. I, I uh, the HR tech calling bullshit on HR tech is is a great idea. I'm going to hold on to that one. Um, anybody that knows, I mean, of course, Janine would be a great guest. Um, but uh, anyone that knows someone who wants to call BS on HR systems, I'm I'm happy to have them on. Um, so one of the things, and we have uh, a little less than five minutes left in the show. Um, one of the things that's very popular these days, and I'd love your thoughts on it, and it's it's driven through the Neuroscience Institute. Um, is this idea of growth conversations. And you had, you mentioned a lot about milestones and goals. Um, what are your thoughts around, it's a very hot topic. Um, it's something that I've looked into, and I think, you know, we've kind of structured our stuff here at, at Suzy a, a bit around the growth conversation. But I, I'd love your honest feedback. What, do you, what have you seen in terms of, of growth conversations, and what are your thoughts on, on that methodology? I'm actually not familiar with the the concept, so do tell me a little bit about what yeah. you mean by like growth conversation. Sure, yeah, no, absolutely. It's this idea that you should be having conversations less about performance in the past and more about where that person wants to go, right? Where that and it's uh, kind of like you know, it's it's probably like all things in HR, you know, it is, it is put into the sausage maker and, and then re, mm-hmm. you know, repackaged as something else. But the idea is like, you know, career goals, right? 
So where do you mm-hmm. want to be? Like, so in some cases, and, and if you subscribe to the radical candor methodology, the idea is that there, you know, people have, you know, a growth uh, trajectory, but they also have performance. But there are also folks that don't necessarily want to be managers. You know, this happens a lot in the engineering Correct. space, which is like, I'm, I'm a really awesome coder. I don't necessarily want to be a VP of engineering and I just want to continue to code really cool shit and, and do really cool shit. So um, the idea yeah. of growth conversations is instead of looking at the past, we're looking at the future. What, what are your thoughts at least on, on that? It makes sense. The past doesn't exist. <laughs> no more than the right. future exists. Right. I mean, all we have is the present not to be super existential. Out, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that's a tweet. So, yeah. it, you know, like, in other words, it doesn't, it never made a lot of sense to be looking at the past. But, you know, it, it it's good for seeing what trends um, may come about. But um, I think it's a great thing, uh, largely because it centers around what the person wants versus what the company wants. We've spent a lot of years in really being very employer centric around how things have to happen in the world of work. Um, and the employee, as much as we say that, you know, people are our assets and people first and all this other nonsense, um, it re- that really hasn't been the practice. It's been you're supposed to be very grateful for this position that we're offering you in this pack that we're dangling in front of your face and these benefits, um, like be thankful, grovel at our feet. And I think what a lot of organizations right. are coming around to is, that model doesn't work. These are whole human beings with hopes, dreams, and aspirations. And no, as an organization, it's not your job to make all their hopes, dreams, and aspirations come to fruition. But you can get darn well close um, by ensuring at a minimum that they are doing the kind of work that's meaningful for them, that's purposeful for them, and aligning some of what the organization has to offer, you know, with that. And if there isn't, right. and I, and to the other end of that, if there isn't alignment in that way, then we can have a very uh, adult and honest conversation about how that's not happening and bid each other adieu so that you can move on, you can move on without me being angry about it, um, to greener pastures where you can thrive yeah. so that I can attract somebody who is better aligned for the company. So I think these growth conversations, now that I understand what you mean, are great things for that purpose is really making this a much more adult and palatable process for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, what you just described is, is growth conversation. So it's uh, you absolutely knew about it, uh, just not in the context of, of, of that uh, semantic. But uh so, um, you know, one of the things that, that you know, we, we're, we're butting up uh, to, to the end of the show. So two, two questions. First one is you talk a lot about, you know, bringing a human touch to, to business and, and mm-hmm. having business savvy. Can you maybe depart with one piece of advice on how HR can do that around performance evaluations and reviews? I know you talked a lot about conversations, but maybe something mm-hmm. a little bit more around the human touch piece that, that you're so uh, – you're, 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 you're famous for literally. <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of just, I think just realize that every day you're managing a human being just like you, like, right. Um, that this person has a family, perhaps has dreams, has a reason, a why for why they end up every day. 
And so instead of really looking to find, use this process to, you know, bring them down, weed them out, or whatever the case is, it really should be a process that empowers. Um, it should be a process where they walk away feeling like they know themselves better, that they they know what's possible, and that they know how they can actually have a meaningful contribution within the company. Um, and I think if you do that every single time with each of your employees, you'll never go wrong with performance reviews of any kind. Awesome. I love it. And so um, I'm a business owner and I want to, I love what you're talking about, or I'm the head of HR and I'm like, I want Janine in my office to help me do this tomorrow. How, how are people finding you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? My website, um, www.talentthinkinnovation.com. Um, you can always reach me there. Always a lot of great information on my blog, the aristocracy of HR. Um, I can be reached that way. And I am observing of HR all across social media and very accessible. So if you reach out to me, awesome. I will absolutely get back to you. And and by the way, she does. That's how she and I became friends. And and by the way, you should be following the Zarina of HR. Uh, always great stuff and videos and and different different points of information and and uh, different pieces of of advice that are are incredibly valuable and more importantly are practical and, and very uh, very much operational. So very cool, Janine. It was a pleasure to have you back on the New York HR show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank uh, you. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to awesome. you soon. Awesome. Yes. Take care. Bye-bye.